You're listening to the Relationship-Centered Learning Podcast, a podcast to inspire and empower you to be a difference maker in a dysfunctional educational system. Hear weekly from adults and students who are having a radical impact in the education space as they share from their minds and hearts, giving us practical tools that we can take back to our classrooms and campuses. Here to take you outside the educational box is author, disruptor, and your host, Kevin Curtis. Hey, welcome back to the show, everyone. On today's episode, my co-founder, Denise Holiday and I sit down for a special segment called the Restorative Real Life Moment. Uh, Denise and I were having a private conversation about an incident where her dog was attacked by another dog in the neighborhood by her mom's house. And we started talking about how she reacted versus responded. And we talked about you know, what did she need to repair harm? And what are some of those conversations like? And how did she pause along the way to even get to the point where this story ends? And so I'm going to try to make this, I don't know how much of a regular basis, but we're trying to do these restorative real life moments as frequent as we can to try to share who we are as human beings and the work that we're trying to do and how it's it's working and transforming us, but yet we're still human. So I'm, I'm glad that you tuned into today's episode. So let's get started. Welcome to the Relationships in the Learning Podcast, where we put relationships at the center of all learning. All right, guys, we have a special episode today. It is not going to be a solo mindset. It's not just going to be an interview. It is going to be Denise, uh, my co-founder and I. Denise, welcome to the show, Denise. Well, hello, everyone. And in case you don't know, I'm looking cute for y'all this morning. Let's do this. (laughs) So whether they can see us or not, what we decided to do, Denise and I were having a conversation on the phone the other day, and we were like, wow, we have so many great conversations that are not recorded and for the show. And one of the things that we were talking about was possibly coming by and doing, we don't know how regularly scheduled we can do this, but we want to do a restorative real life moment. And so we wanted to kind of bring you into light that a lot of times Denise will share, particularly when we're in training, is that like we actually try to live out the work that we preach and teach. And so we have these moments sometimes that we catch ourselves in real human life without in a training format where we are up against opportunities to either be a better listener or to empathize with others or to build relationships or at times to even repair harm. And so I want to set the I want to set the framework because Denise is going to be the kind of the storyteller here. I'm just going to kind of guide a lot on here. But Denise recently had an incident where her mom's dog was attacked by another dog in the neighborhood. And so Denise lives north of Austin and the situation occurred And so I'm going to let Denise kind of tell it from that perspective, but I want our listeners to understand as Denise is unpacking her story, that this is how we live. And these tools that we bring to schools, we really try to utilize them, not even thinking about it sometimes. This is just how we live. This is the words that we choose, the actions that we choose. And remember what we have both said, we are far from experts. We're experienced. And remember what I always say, we're experienced in jacking this up. (laughs) So Denise, Denise, when I got this call, man, I will tell you my heart stopped, but let's, let's introduce everybody. Just kind of go through the four F's. Let's go through the facts. What were the facts surrounding the situation with you and your dog brother powder? Yes. He's my best friend, but, but let me give you a little bit of backstory history on me. 
I used to be like really hard and really like it would, you wouldn't be surprised if you heard me cursing somebody out from A to Z back in the day. Cause that's who I was. That's where I was. So this whole transformation that has taken that I have taken, it's been so beautiful to see. And so a lot of people look at me and think, oh my God, Circle Mama, she's so loving and she's so sweet. There's this misconception that if you are practicing restorative practice, that you are like this perfect, you can't see my air quotes, but that you're this perfect individual, this human that everyone just wants around them. Well, let me tell y'all, you're going to be third face and keep it 100. I am human first. And so when I got the call from my mom on Mother's Day that uh, I just hear her screaming in the background, oh my gosh, Powder's dead, Powder's dead. I'm driving to her, I'm screaming, crying, driving down I-35. I get to my mom's and Powder is laying on this table beside my mom covered in blood. He was attacked by a Rottweiler in my mom's yard and the dog drug him down the street and just left him. And we, nobody who owned the dog, I guess somebody got their dog, put him away. We never saw anyone. I'm furious because Powder is my best friend and brother. And so I'm asking the people, where did the dog go? Where I'm screaming, I'm yelling, I'm angry. Oh, you're not going to tell me where's the house? And they just said on the corner. At that point, I had scooped powder up and put him in my car to take him to the emergency room. And I hear as I'm driving by, I hear this strong dog bark. And I said, okay, if it was on the corner, it could be that house. Y'all, let me tell you, oh my God, as I think about this, I'm so ashamed that I did this. I went and I knocked on the door. Okay, so wait a minute. Let me clarify. You did this before you took powder, like right in the middle of all this? You went right in the middle of taking powder to the doctor. I uh-huh. heard my, I just snapped. No, no, I, I'm just, I just wanted to yes, get the facts. So yes, you're like, fact. wait, let's take him to the doctor. You're like, hold on, let me tell you, let me yes. get the people. <laughs> Pump those brakes, baby. In reverse, I went. And so I'm like, okay, corner, not even thinking. So I go and I knock on the door. I'm crying. I'm screaming. And a lady answers the door. And I said, what kind of dog do you have? And I could just see her face turn red. And she's like shaking her head, no. And the teenage kid said, we're sorry. So I knew it was them. Oh my gosh. So here is what I did, guys. I let them have it. Like I cursed them out from A to Z. I even said to them, this is the most horrible thing. I'm going to kill your effing dog. I'm kicking on the gate, trying to get in the backyard because I'm just over it. I'm thinking powder's going to die. Your dog is going to die. You know, you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. That used to be my mentality. So I'm kicking and I'm like, I'm going to kill your effing dog. You're irresponsible. You shouldn't even effing have a dog. And then I go, I want to make it worse. I want them to feel my pain. I get powder. Look what your effing dog did to my dog. 
I go take him to the doctor. They finally got to a point and they said, it's not going to be life threatening. I could breathe in at that point. Let me tell you what this looked like though, as I'm running through a uh, pet smart to the, to the pet vet, I have powder in both of my hands, running, screaming, help me, please save him, save him. My shorts are down my butt. Like, I know they saw all my underwear, but I couldn't hold powder and pull up my shorts at the same time. My mom is on the phone because my phone is in my pocket and she's freaking out like, somebody go, she's going to jail. I know she's going to jail. <laughs> and so they take him. I sit down and the doctor comes out and said, we don't think it's going to be life-threatening, but we're going to have to do emergency surgery. We're canceling all of our appointments. By then, I could then breathe and think. And as I'm sitting on that bench, I'm thinking, damn, you are a loser. You just went to somebody's house and cursed them out because you thought your dog was dead and threatened to kill their dog. Like, what kind of person are you? So the doctor said, it's going to be about an hour if you want to go home and come back. So that drive home, I really reflected on it all when I'm in my right state of mind. Powder is like family. It's like your brother, your sister, and thinking that he would be gone because of irresponsible person having an aggressive dog and not taking care of business. And so I drive home and I sit on the porch and I'm like, man, I need to apologize to them. And the minute I said that, this white car drove up and it was the owner of the dog and he comes on the porch and I just start bawling and the, immediately he couldn't get anything out. I just said, I am so sorry. I was so ugly to your wife. Um, I came and I cursed and I'm trying to knock down your fence. That is not me, but I was terrified. And I want to apologize to your family. Like I want to go, I'm, I'm a good person. You don't have to fear me. Um, will you give me that opportunity? And he said, you don't have to apologize. If that had been our dog, or if that had been one of our family members, we probably would have done the same thing, not knowing if that person or our pet was going to be okay. We're going to own it that we should have been more responsible and intentional about making sure he couldn't get out. And he said, what hurts me more is it could have been your mom. It could have been anybody. And so, no, I ex you're forgiven. I accept your apology. It still didn't feel good, man, that I behaved that way. But I do know one thing. We can get it wrong all day long. And we make decisions based on emotions, which is what we call reacting versus responding. I reacted from an emotional place that was so ugly and so mean, but I chose to think about now, how can I respond and will they forgive me? And it'll be up to me to find out how I can make it right. And I did, what can I do? 
to make your wife feel any better than what I already made her feel horrible. I got to make this right. And so that's kind of where we are. It was tough, both sides of it. Being that person that was so ugly and mean and reacting and being the person that was terrified that they would lose someone that they love so much, Powder. Yeah. Wow. You know, when you and I were having this conversation, the reason why we decided to turn this into an episode is because I think what you were illustrating, Denise, is, is that somehow we're always supposed to be in that perfect right mindset to be able to handle ourselves. So whether it's in the classroom, whether it's in your household, whether it's in your yard, whatever at the end, like we're all human. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think for people that know you, love you and adore you because you are like a human heartbeat. But it is very intriguing to understand that even the most humane person who can have the most emotional feelings for others when you're put into that situation, you know, it was interesting because as I listened to your story, there was a point where you said, okay, the doctor said, it's not going to be life-threatening. Looks like he's going to make it. Okay. It's just going to be some things. There's got to be something through the transformation that you said earlier, that while you're sitting there in PetSmart, that something, I guess, triggered your thought pattern to say, wait a minute, okay, now I'm not in fight, flight, or freeze, and right? And now all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute, so what did I just do? Hmm. What was that that like, that initial, I don't know, is it it your conscience? Is it your like, what kicks in out of that transformation to where we both have had stories where we're like, damn, I jacked that up. Like I effed up and and now you start to reflect on your words and your actions. What is, what is that thought process when you're sitting there and that first realization realizes like, uh-oh. And I remember it like it just happened as I was sitting on that bench. It was that, it was a feeling. Like my spirit speaks to me often about certain things. But it was that feeling that I had sitting on that bench inside that just felt yuck. Like, girl, all the work that you've put in becoming a better you and allowing your best self to show up and you just took it out within a split of a second. And so when I thought about powder might be gone, I just saw red and I said, man, that is not who I am. And and I made bad choices before, but I wasn't a bad person. I think it took this work and me working to see the true Denise, the true person that I really am. So as I sat there and reflected, I thought, man, you really jacked that up. And how are you going to make it right? Like I asked myself, how are you going to make this right? If everybody in the world reacted that way, what kind of world would we live in? Like I was thinking, what kind of world would we live in? And as I looked around at the customers in the store, I have anxiety. And so my senses were heightened. And I thought, man, what if that person got upset about me looking at them right now and they responded to you in a certain way? Or what if the person at the counter 
got in my butt because I didn't have on a mask. I didn't even have my mask on at the time, Mm -hmm. but it was never that. I had to just pause and think back and what I did. And I think the moment that I was able to breathe and my heart was able to open and I could really think rationally Mm -hmm. was when I heard the words, it's not going to be life-threatening. But then I go back and I think, all right, let's look at this a different way. What if it had been life-threatening? And you continue to have that type of behavior. So many people and things would have been impacted in such a negative way. And I knew that was not the person that I wanted to be anymore. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because you you, you use the word pause, right? And I think for you and I, when we share our personal stories with each other, a lot of times it's that pause is when clarity and type of, like you said, reflection happens. And so it's really interesting, Denise, and, I, and, and maybe some people will get this and others won't. I totally get your mindset and can totally kind of parallel you and see, because it's really interesting. In some moment of this traumatic event, that somebody else's animal harmed your animal, right? Harmed you directly. And yet somewhere inside of you, you thought to yourself, "Uh uh-oh, I did something to cause harm in return. Mm. And and I need to be able to make that right. Which is really interesting. The reason I say that is most people would say, I don't even think like that or would even go down or could even open up that pathway because they would be thinking about what you need to do for me because you caused harm for me. I think it's very interesting. And through this transformation that your pause somehow kicked in who you really are Mm -hmm. and you started to self own. What did I just say? What did I just do to people, other human beings? And you were able to say, Despite what their dog did to my dog, it gave me no right to treat or talk to them this way. And this conscious kicked in and then you were drawn to want to go back in the middle of this traumatic event and want to and feel compelled to go make it right. I, I, I think that just speaks volume to, as you said, who you really are when you're not in fight, flight, or freeze, when you're not reacting, and when you're able to pause and think about, uh uh-oh, how did I respond? You're like, wait a minute, I need to do something. I think it's it's extremely interesting because I can tell you from our work, we don't meet very many people that are able to maturely think that way. What is your thoughts? You're right, Kevin. You know, I as I was thinking that, it really, my heart, my stomach, you know how you get those butterflies in your stomach and you just feel sick of the stomach of my reaction um, to another human being. I think what we forget to remember and, you know, kudos to them. Kudos to them for like, I would say they really held space for me. They could have came out blazing me, knocking on their door in their yard, even though their dog was responsible, but they didn't. 
I, I remember I did keep hearing apology. We're sorry. We're sorry. And the thing that stood out about me that played in my mind as I drove all the way there is them saying, we'll get rid of the dog. Like, did I create that? Like, did I create a mindset that they think that they have to get rid of the dog because he hurt another dog? I don't know why they thought went there or they thought that. But if I was the cause of that, I know how much I love my dog. Shame on me. And that's what I was thinking. Like, man, that's not who you are. All I can do is behave and be responsible for myself and my own actions. Now, when you're in fight or flight mode and you're experiencing trauma like I was experiencing in that moment, there was a lot of things and a lot of ways that I behaved that you'd have to say it was trauma. Like if the dog is hurting that bad, who the hell stops at the person's house instead of going straight to the dog? The vet? Okay. No, that's, you know? no, 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 no. That's why, even though we've shared this story a couple of times, I just had to clarify because that's what I was like, wait a minute, Denise, I must have missed that. Before yeah. you're like, hey, we got to get powder to the ER. Yes. Wait, uh, there's the house. Let me stop yes. and go off and go off. No on. rational thinking <laughs> at all. There was nothing rational about what I was thinking on that day. You know what? I don't even know how I got there. Yeah, the I'm sure you don't even remember. Like, it I just, don't even know how I got there. I just was autopilot. Autopilot. And couldn't think of anything, but it wasn't until I remember them taking powder and there was another customer there. And it could have been part um, how she responded that allowed me to go back to empathy and rational thinking. She had her dog and I remember her picking me up off the ground and um, I, I think she asked them to bring me water and she took me to a bench the bench and sat down and she just held me and so her holding me and hugging me and saying just I'm just here I'm sorry I know this must be traumatic I couldn't imagine another human being who's a stranger responds like that which is how we need to be with one another and so as I'm taking on this lady caring for me I'm thinking you don't even deserve anybody to care for you the way you just behaved to someone else not knowing the whole story of what happened how did the dog get out like were they walking the dog not on a leash and so yeah no man it was it was something and I gained what I love we talk about connections right What I love is that the care that they gave Powder and myself was beyond anything I could have ever expected. There was constant communication. Um, A young man named Isaac was supposed to be off like at five, which is when I got there. And he gave me his cell phone number. He would text back and forth. 
giving me the updates as I'm at my mom's. And he said, I'm supposed to be off at five, but I'm not leaving until I know that you guys and powder is okay. Yeah. Compassion and empathy, everything that I didn't show. You know, everything that I know that I am and I right. know that I could be, but in a split second. Oh, it's gone. I'm going to take it away. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so, so as we kind of go through, we went through the facts, we've gone through the feelings. Let's talk about the fix. I mean, in other words, the, 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 the you heard a couple opportunities, not even in really a conversation, just in, in, in passing words of like, we'll get rid of the dog. And then the, the gentleman came to your house and was like, don't worry about it. You know, all these types of things. So when you say, when somebody's saying, well, what do you need in order to make this right as possible? So what did you need? And and then also additionally, so what came of, of, of how to quote unquote, air quote, fix the situation? How, do, how did they repair harm or how did harm get repaired other than him, uh, powder being okay, right? And him not losing his life, but but to to go move beyond powder being okay, what needed to, what needed to happen to make this right as possible? So the first thing I needed was for him to allow me to go and apologize. Like I needed to do that. Even though he said, no, you don't have to, we understand. I needed that for me. I needed that for our community. I needed that for humanity to apologize, make it right. But then he just offered up to take care of any of the expenses. We hadn't even gotten to that point yet about what we needed to make things right about what happened to Powder. He just offered. He said, it doesn't matter. I know he's like your family. We drive by here all the time. We see your mom and him sitting on the porch. We will take care of all expenses. Expenses. And then the other thing that I asked for was for them to figure out a way that this could never happen again. Okay, so, time, so could, moved into the future. So yeah. the, the, the fix and then the future, okay. Yeah. So that would be like really securing a space in the yard that he couldn't get out. Not necessarily getting rid of him. It's your dog is a part of the family, but I, I need for this to never happen again to another person's pet or even a human being. Mm-hmm. And he's absolutely said, I had already started thinking about that after this occurred and I heard what happened. He was sleeping. And so he was like, I'm having someone come to to build a space in the back where I know he can't get out. And it is a protection dog. Their dog, they use him for protection. He's a construction worker and has a lot of material. And they had been Um, Things had been stolen from them. So they use this dog as, you know, to protect those things. Um, So, you know, I get it. But they, he did, he he made it right. Immediately, he said, let me know when you get the bill and we'll take care of it. So we get the call and we weren't sure, you know, you know how you don't really believe, (laughs) are you going to make it right? This is what I asked. Think about all those times when a student says, all right, I'm going to make it right by doing this. Or not doing this again. And you're thinking, all right, yeah, we'll see. We heard that before, right? But no, he stayed true. We called and said, we just got where powder's ready to be picked up. And this is the cost for his surgery. 
And he said, can I have the number to the doctor? And I said, absolutely. It's under powder and my name. And he called and he paid the bill in full. And my person there, Isaac, he's like, uh, the neighbor just paid your bill. Um, <laughs> he's ready to go. You know, like it just, it all came together and um, powder is really in a good and a better place. But he stayed true to what he said he was going to do. He even prayed, you know, with us when he first came. And I thought, man, he's a minister. You just cussed out a preacher. <laughs> you just, girl, you know what? You need to get Jesus in your life. You just cussed out a preacher, Denise Holiday. And, but to hear him say, back to what I said earlier, to hear him say, we are all human. We don't have to be perfect. We don't have to be the one that is right. But as long as we know when we get it wrong and we know it, we know inside, how are we going to make that right? It's not about being perfect. It's about making it right when the opportunity is there. Yeah. So what, so as you reflected this, what are some of the takeaways that you are like growing and going from this? Honestly, I thought I was pretty good in a really good place. I, I really thought I was the person that everybody said I was just a big walking uh, person full of love for everyone, sees the good in all. I thought I was that person, but what I realized is I have that in me, but I am still human. I still have feelings, I still hurt, and I am a work in progress. Yeah, well, you know, Denise and I, Denise and I, when we were talking about this on the phone, I told her, I said, I, I think this just would be, this is a great story not because of what happened, but what happened after, right? Like everything that transpired after, I think our listeners hopefully can take this away and realize that in some of the most traumatic, possible life-threatening incidents that could happen with our, 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 our pets, which are just like our children. So when your family is harmed or when something happens to you, just give yourself grace yeah. and find and, and when here's the deal. When you find yourself with that moment of pause, check yourself. And I don't mean like just check with yourself and check into yourself to see and reflect. How did I respond to that? Or did I react? And if I did, did I even potentially, and I know this sounds crazy for some people because they'd be like, you didn't do anything wrong. Did you cause a second wave of harm to somebody else in response to how you responded to the initial impact of harm? And if you did, it's not a tit for tat because notice what Denise, you didn't do is say, no, I'll make it right when you make it right. You know, you, 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 what was interesting is, is your spirit, as you said, was compelled to and drawn to say, man, 
despite what their dog, their family dog did to my family dog, I jacked this up. I stopped along the way, kicking on these people's door, cursing them out, threatening the, and you took responsibility. Now, some people, Denise would say, well, this all sounds great because the the pastor's family took responsibility. And what if they had not? I understand all the scenarios, right? Not on me. Not on you. And I think that's where we have to understand, though, they could have been responsible or they could have been irresponsible and said, look, not your dog was out. My dog was out. Whatever happened, happened. We're not responsible. So, yes. Do you have a scenario that played out where two parties take responsibility for either of their actions? Absolutely. Is that always happen 100 percent of the time? Not. But what I do love about the story is your 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 self-growth of of self-understanding of where you're at where you could be at in any moment like with a trauma trigger but i'm not going to say how easily but how with clarity something allowed you to pause and go wait a minute even though they caused this whole thing to happen I took some responsibility and that responsibility and that accountability, I think, Denise, is what we have tried to portray to teachers and educators and just people in our life and our close circle, Denise, when they make a mistake, you know me, when I people screw up, I just want you to be accountable because I think that lack of accountability, whether you cause it or not, or however it happens, when we're accountable, all of a sudden, like you said, you felt like you had to do something to make it right, but yet you didn't even initiate this. And that's the biggest thing, Kevin, for me is that never in my mind as I was sitting on that bench, when I thought how awful I reacted, never did I go to, prior to I was, but never did I go to, man, you got to make this right because their dog, almost killed powder and they're going to have to do something, but you're going to have to do something too. My thought process was directly to you allowed the harm that was caused to powder make you force you to cause more harm to someone else. And I think where I want to be in life, when I can sit on my couch and say, you know what, I'm living my best life is when I can say, you know what? I know that I'm going to respond more to things than I react to them out of emotion. When wow. I get to that point, when I can do more of that, guess what? I'm living my best life and I'm almost there. <laughs> well, hey, for our listeners, this was just a special episode. We, and Denise and I talked about this is there are more real life restorative moments in our lives. We want to continue to share them with you. So we want to thank you for listening in. I think Denise, you, you, you summed it up extremely beautifully there at the end. We hope that this story motivates you, inspires you, gives you clarity, and maybe gives you the pause to think about something that maybe you recently had happen in your life where you may have harm may have been caused to you and you may have reacted versus responded And maybe this episode will give you the pause necessary so that you can reflect and just ask yourself at any time, is there anything that I also need to be accountable for, for my choices or for my words? 
Hey, listeners, thanks for tuning in. We look forward for the next opportunity to connect with you. Hey, thanks for listening. We'll connect with you next time.